0: We have a lot to be thankful for. And of course, uh, this is right after Thanksgiving. So allow me a little bit, you know, here in between this very Sunday, right before Advent begins. And I trust and hope you'll spend this time of Advent, and we certainly will here at church, kind of getting ready for Christmas. That is, the time Christmas doesn't really begin until the 25th and then it r- runs through January 6th. But right now, uh, let us focus on, on Thanksgiving. And I want to kind of see if I can, can uh, push us down just a little bit in our thinking. Just maybe reflect just a tad deeper than, than, than some are doing uh, on this. And as we also saw some, uh, some here, um, with this, I spent some time this week uh, praying for very specific things and giving thanks for very specific things. One of the things uh, was this church. You know, we can be overwhelmed with the many, many things uh, that we have to say thankful for. So, I chose to spend some specific time on on, on some of my students or, or the students I've had over the years, the churches I've been blessed to uh, to pastor over the years, and, and you in particular, as I'm here. Also uh, now, but but I want to see if we can think a little bit different. I listen to a lot of different kinds of of music. I try to find songs, hymns, and and other things that that focus on Thanksgiving to kind of get my mind there. Whether it was uh, big, uh, beautiful hymns of of history, even right. Uh, the beauty of the earth, so to speak. If you know that song, if you don't look it up, write down in your bulletin, I need to look that up. Uh, or if you like more mountain type music, right? Uh, thank you, God, uh, for all your blessings, right? I have a roof over my head and a table with food and shoes on my feet, that kind of uh, song. Or Andrew Crouch, it's just thank you, Lord. I just want to Thank you, Lord. Or a more contemporary uh, kind of style, like uh, thank you, uh, Jesus, for the blood applied. But the one that kind of stuck out to me, and I kind of kept coming back to that, <clears throat> kind of an old uh, spiritual, I guess we'll call that, uh, thank you, God, for my journey. You are taking me, Far You have brought me from far, far away. Over hills, down through valleys. You have brought me from far, far away. Sometimes I had to cry. But thank you, Lord, for the journey. You have brought me from far, far away. This is a fantastic song. You can look it up. after after the service, if you will, just write it down. It's all over um, YouTube and other places. Um, just think through, how do we think about Thanksgiving, right? And allow me to not mess with your thinking, but maybe trying to bring it down just a step deeper than we sometimes are doing, right? And so we have been in this whole... Uh, Conversation about the transformation of the mind that Paul said. What does that really mean? Related to Thanksgiving, just think of it. We often use the word I'm thankful for, followed by something that we have. And so I'm thankful for, and then we come to, what if we change that a little bit? And then, and then said, you know, I'm thankful that. I'm thankful that I can love someone. I'm thankful that I can help. I'm thankful that I know the Lord, that he hears my prayers. I'm thankful that some people call me friend. I'm thankful Jesus loves me, that I can call him mine. I'm thankful that I can learn that I have energy to help others and so on. I'm thankful that. You know, in terms of Bible stories, there's also so many that have to do with, with gratitude. And, and one of the ones, again, that came back to me again and again uh, this week was was the one from Luke 17 where Jesus comes by and, and there's, uh, there are 10 people who had leprosy and... and uh, and they cried out, joined by their need, By right? They were different kind of people. One of them were Pharisees, and, and the other, I mean, one of them were a, a, a Samaritan, and the others were not. But their need brought them together, so they cried out in unison, Lord, look to us in mercy, have mercy on us. And they were all healed. And then as Jesus recounts the story, he's commenting when only one of them comes back. You know, they have been joined in their need and now apparently they're not joined anymore. I wonder sometimes if our biggest need is that we don't have any need. You ever thought of that? You know, when, when you get to entitlement, you, you can't be grateful. Because it's kind of, I'm entitled to have it, so why should I be grateful for it? Gratitude comes from this overwhelming feeling that, wow, how does this come to me? And the one coming back, as Jesus comments on that, how is it that it's only the Samaritan that comes back? Did the others not get healed? Only one discovered the joy of thanksgiving. So let me say this as we begin here, just to say that thanksgiving is the very breath of the Christian person. Thanksgiving belongs to the most essential part of how you experience life. Allow me to just kind of dwell on that a little bit. You know, the book of Deuteronomy has this incredible uh, verse here, and we often miss it because we have a kind of a literalistic way sometimes to read certain things, and we get lost in, in in other things. But But listen to this. God says here, because you didn't serve the Lord with joy and with a cheerful heart, even though you had an abundance of everything, You now will serve your enemies. Everything that comes against you in famine, thirst, nakedness, and lack of everything. And we say, well, you know, that's kind of a think of it though. Isn't that how gratitude works? If you don't live with a truly grateful heart, everything else will come at you and eat you from the inside out. Yes? Think of it for a moment. If you don't live with a grateful heart, everything else that comes against you will kind of begin to eat at you. It's just how it works in reality. And, and so, with this in mind, let us just take a look at some of these things that we have here. Psalm 100, one of the greatest, greatest um, psalms we have. There are so many of them that are great, so I need to be careful what I say with that, but still... You know, some person said at one time, and I forgot when or world I read that, but it, I thought it was great, that, that the best literature is shallow enough that the immature can play in it without drowning. But it's also deep enough where the most mature person never can quite touch the bottom. Psalm 100 is just like that. This is a psalm about giving thanks, giving witness to the grandeur of God, a joyful witness to thanksgiving. It is about shouting out to the whole world that God reigns and that you desire to enter into his presence. Yes? Are we good? So I was going to say, can we take this whole step? I'm just going to walk through this as. You know, somewhat simply uh, this morning, just for us to kind of reflect differently, maybe, on these things. Let the whole earth shout triumphantly to God. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us, and we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and the courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good and his faithful love endures forever. His faithfulness through all generations. Can we walk through that just line by line? Just little points that are so clear right here, right? So the joy of thanksgiving comes to expression, if you will, or becomes visible both in your heart and to people around you when you look here at what it says in verse 2, when you serve him cheerfully. The Kind of an intriguing word right here. That word that is translated serve is is just that word. And it means also to worship. It's the same word. It is used in these different kinds of contexts. It's a little bit difficult sometimes for us because what we think about when we think about worship is different. And then we put the word service after that. It becomes an event that lasts about an hour, right? And you're looking at your clock if it lasts longer, yes? Worship, service, but we know the word service so many places. In other languages, it tends to be just one word. The German is Gottesdienst, right? It's one word, and included in that one word is the word to serve. And we know what service is, you you serve in the military, that is you do something for your country, you, you serve in a certain place and you do something, it's kind of in the word. And we know when we say customer service, that that means that they do something for us, yes? Are we hearing this? And we know what bad customer service is. Huh. They're not doing it just like they're supposed to, yes? And there's something there that is not quite living up to that. I sometimes wonder, you know, I was thinking of that. And I was thinking, we say we have worship service. I wonder if, if God thinks sometimes it's poor. And I don't talk about the event on Sunday morning, but just the service. There's something here. It needs to happen cheerfully. Look at this. Full of joy. Here's the point that comes from this, right? That that when you when you uh, serve, you can get tired. And if you feel it's a chore, you really get tired really quickly. If you forgot how that is, just talk to your kids and give them some chores. They get tired before they begin, yes? Now think of this. When you really serve someone that you're truly deeply grateful to, it doesn't feel like it's your. It, it, it flows. If you want to say thanks, okay. It's the same thing with salvation. You're not saved by works or even by service. But once you feel that deep gratitude, that flows. You want to be with people that 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 you feel gratitude towards. That's what it is, right here. Joy. Come from that. Extra energy flows from gratitude. It is not an aside. It is an essential thing, not only in our service of God, but in life itself. It's not an emotion. Please hear this. Cheerfulness is not an emotion. It's related to emotion, obviously. But we don't find joy by seeking a different kind of emotional life. Joys come from a conviction deep down in your gut that ultimately God is in control. This does not mean that that doesn't result in emotion. Notice scripture, how, how these things are often joined in. You have love peace and joy as one expression sometimes. But these are not the cause. These are results that come from this deep, deep conviction. When you know, when you feel deep in your heart, I'm so grateful. You have taken me on a journey from far, far away. Sometimes I had to cry, cry, but Lord, thank you for the journey. Nehemiah puts it, puts it this way: He says, Don't grieve. This joy is the strength of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Goes on, verse 3. Just as powerful, and it just kind of helps us see what it is that did your thanksgiving kind of come to its expression in the acknowledgement of God's grandeur. You know, it's too easy, and I mentioned that a few weeks ago, uh, to, to live with a small God. Not that God is small, that we make Him small. That He become our bottom, kind of our buddy, you know, kind of, uh, slap on the back, bosom buddy, kind of friend. And then let me just say this. When Jesus says, I no longer call you slaves, but friends. Because the slave doesn't know what his master is doing, but I'm letting you in on my plans. That doesn't mean that you're equal. Friendship like that doesn't mean that you're equal. You need him. He doesn't need you. Yes? Are you hearing me? Don't don't get those those things confused. It is it is a very kind of different thing that that goes on here. We need to see if we can move or remove from our mind, from our brain, even the kind of limits that we have. Well, we just so domesticate God that He becomes ours more than we're His, and and it becomes this almost this genie kind of a thing. If you notice throughout the Psalms, you'll see this repeated again and again and then again. The grandeur of God is throughout Scripture. In in 139, for example, God, it says here, David says it like here, Lord, you have searched me and you have known me. You understand my thoughts. Even from far away. You observe my travels. Some of you are on that a lot, right? And my rest you are aware of all the time. This wondrous knowledge is beyond me. It's just too lofty. I'm unable to reach it. If I live in the eastern horizon or settle down in the western limits, even there, your hand will lead me. Your right hand will hold on to me. Grand thoughts of God creates deep gratitude that explodes in your life into a sense of joy that will be refreshing for everything else. You know, we sometimes have, think, oh, I'm going to think great about God, and then we, we think, oh, let me think of a great person and compare that to God. There are even movies about that. Don't do that. That still makes him far too small. I say, right? The prophet goes goes beyond that. He said, "What? Who are you? Were you there when I measured out of the earth? Did you count the stars? Are you the one who numbered them so that you know that they are all there?" Think great thoughts about God, and it'll fill your life with a kind of thanksgiving, where from which joy will explode and things will change we worship god for who he is not just for what he does for me i got to push on a little bit uh here just look at the next look at the next verse right here in verse 4 and you'll see again here that that this this joy of thanksgiving kind of expresses itself or, or becomes visible in your own heart and in people around you when when you realize that you want to be close to God. Enter his great, His gates with thanksgiving. His courts with praise. This is something we, we long for. We are grateful that we are allowed in, so to speak, if you will. You notice when Jesus talks about the kingdom of God, he often compares it to a banquet that everybody wants to be part of. You want to be one of them. You want to get in there. Why? There's just this joy that comes from that, right? And this is the point that you're welcomed in, that you're invited in. And from that flows that gratitude. Paul even speaks about it like this. He says the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and what? Joy in the Holy Spirit. I hope I hope uh, there's something going on in your life. I just take it a step deeper when you think about what truly is gratitude. We can give so many examples, and we can going to give so many examples that, that relate directly, but I, I hope you won't get lost in, in uh, just a desire for an illustration. Look at the Word of God. Apply it to yourself, right? Too many sermons get lost in cute stories, and all you ever heard here. remember after that, is that story as if God was our own little psychologist, a kind of therapeutic kind of treatment from the Word of God. Don't do that. Look at who he is. Desire to see his grandeur and his greatness and then recognize, oh, wow. He calls me one of his. In spite of everything, I'm grateful that I can be loved even when I'm too often, am unlovable. Look at this. It goes on to express in The last thing in verse 5, I want to mention here this morning. Just, just look at this here, right? How here, again, the, the joy of thanksgiving will express itself within the certainty. The very conviction that God is good all the time. I thank you Lord you have taken me from far far away thank you for my journey over the hill down through valleys I sometimes had to cry but I thank you Lord that I, you have brought me from far far away look here the Lord is good Forever. His life doesn't change. We see that again and again. Just flip one page over and said, uh, the the psalmist says here again in the next uh, 102, you are the same. Your years will never end. Your servants' children, we just saw them here, right? Will dwell securely in your house. Just notice this. I hope it fills you with this great sense of gratitude that goes beyond how we sometimes think of of that. He doesn't change in his person. His very name is Yahweh. That means I am the one you need for me to be to you. Never change. He will come to you in different ways. He doesn't relate to you the same way when you're four, when you're 44, when you're 84. But he relates to you with the same faithfulness, the same trustworthiness, the same love, the same care. Think of this. His plans don't change. His purpose don't change. From beginning, even from before the beginning of the world, Redemption was part of his plan. Gratitude flows from the recognition of that. It's not, oops, I need to also know. It was always part of his plan. Hebrew says that the Son of God, Jesus Christ himself, was the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Again, this is not a static expression, but that we can trust that he would always come to us in the way where we need Him at this moment. You can trust in God. Yes? As this end comes, as this year comes to an end, and in terms of church year, this is the last Sunday of the year. The new church year begins the first Sunday of Advent. But just think about this, friends. If this is not a Sunday where gratitude can overflow, The kind of gratitude that brings a fresh kind of level of energy, a fresh inspiration for new opportunities that God will send our way at First Baptist Church of Louisville. I don't know what can. Yes? Is this not that Sunday? Are you not looking forward to what God will do? The energy for that, the inspiration for that comes from this deep sense of gratitude. It is Advent season as we begin. That is beginning. Advent means beginning. God sent his Son, Jesus Christ. What better, what more powerful way than to be in this situation where we are right here, each of you and all of us oh my, oh my, new beginnings. God's fresh outpouring of his spirit as it opens up your life to think differently about God and no gratitude at a level that is deeper than I'm grateful for that. But I'm grateful that God can work in me. Can we stand, friends? There's some here that just need to speak to God in a new way. And just admit to God that you have domesticated him. He become, you just become something I take for granted. Gratitude is not as deep as it should be. Speak to him about that, friends. If you need to come here and kneel, we'll be glad to pray with you. Some of you don't know what I'm talking about. You just haven't had that kind of relationship to God. We'll be more than eager to talk to you about that. And if you feel like I need to be a part of a church like this that is standing before a brand new time, well, why don't you come? We'll invite you in and walk with you on that journey that should create gratitude Father would you do your work in his heart his mind and his life right now Amen